Welcome to Global Dispatches, a podcast about foreign policy and world affairs. I'm your host, Mark Leon Goldberg, editor of UN Dispatch. And in this show, we discuss topical global issues, have conversations with foreign affairs thought leaders and newsmakers, and give you the context you need to understand the world today. Go to globaldispatchespodcast.com to learn more. And now on with the show. My guest today, Dr. Sharifullah Dorani, is the author of the new book, America in Afghanistan, Foreign Policy and Decision-Making from Bush to Obama to Trump. As the title suggests, the book examines the history of U.S. involvement in Afghanistan from 2001 through the first two years of the Trump presidency. And in this conversation, we discuss what has stayed the same and what has distinguished the Trump administration's approach to Afghanistan from that of his predecessors. We recorded this conversation a few weeks after Trump, via tweet naturally, suggested a precipitous withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan, which is of course now America's longest war. So we do discuss the role of America's troops in Afghanistan today and what some of the debates about troop levels have been since Trump took office. We also discuss the ongoing diplomatic efforts led by Trump's envoy to Afghanistan, former U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Zalmay Khalilzad. Sherry Fula Dorani currently works as the area editor of South Asia and Middle Eastern Studies at the Center for Strategic Research and Analysis, and I'll post a link to his book on globaldispatchespodcast.com. I think you'll find this conversation useful and interesting for a few reasons. As Sharifullah Dorani explains, you know, he brings an Afghan perspective to debates about U.S. presence in Afghanistan, which is, of course, always helpful. We also do discuss what an optimal strategy by the United States towards Afghanistan might look like. As always, please feel free to reach out to me via email. You can use, do so using the contact button on globaldispatchespodcast.com. I love hearing from you. If there's anything on your mind, if you have suggestions for me of people I should interview, topics I should cover, or just want to ask me a question, uh, feel free to send me an email. I love hearing from you guys. All right, now here is my conversation with Sherry Fula Dorani. Looking for a trustworthy podcast to bring you unfiltered viewpoints and experiences on global health? Tune into Global Health Matters, the podcast that connects silos and amplifies diverse voices to give you a holistic picture. Each month, Dr. Gary Aslanian from the World Health Organization hosts discussions with guests spanning former ministers of health, award-winning journalists and authors, and frontline public health workers. Join listeners from across 180 countries for an exciting Season 4, launching in June. Global Health Matters is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. The arguments that you articulate, um, that you say are arguments that certain elements of the Trump administration are using to try to convince President Trump to sort of maintain or sometimes even increase troop levels, they don't seem that terribly different from the arguments made by similar um, similar sort of pro-engagement, hawkish viewpoints in, in previous administrations, including the Obama administration. You're spot on. You're spot on. This, the, these were the type of arguments that were used during the Obama administration, particularly in the AFPAC review. But the arguments slightly changed because 
Trump, by the time President Trump came into power, we've been some 15 or 16 years into the Afghanistan war. And this is exactly the, the, the pessimistic camp, what I call the pessimistic camp. I think uh, some of uh, um, uh, President Trump's uh, closer advisor, such as Jared Kushner, and, uh, and I think at the time was Stephen Bannon, they, they said, we're not going to buy this argument. The military and the pro-engagement camp has been telling us for 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 years and nothing happened. Afghanistan is doing really badly. The Afghan complicity is getting worse and worse. Uh, it's not just Pakistan, Iran, and uh, and Russia that are also reportedly helping the Taliban. And you know we're not going to win in Afghanistan. We're not going to stay in Afghanistan. So you're absolutely spot on. And uh, that is that is the kind of arguments that Donald Trump uh, heard from his advisors. Uh, and then he had to. Mm, yeah, well, well, okay. So, so you have like the what you call the pessimistic uh, account, yeah. which you know, which which would occur for um, a withdrawal of U.S. troops, and then you have like the optimistic camp or the pro-engagement camp or the hawkish camp yeah. that suggests we need to sort of maintain or increase our uh, I- involvement. And these, Absolutely, it seems, yeah. have been like kind of the rough fault lines of the debate in administrations over the past, you know, seventeen years. Absolutely. This has been the debate for, for the past, uh, I would say, 10 years. Uh, as after the AFPAC review, this has been the, the debate. And, and, and Trump, uh, President Trump uh, came up with a policy. He said, OK, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some 3,000 troops or some 4,000 troops, and I'm not going to also um, uh, uh, micromanage from the White House like President Obama was doing. I'll give the power to the uh, to the military camp. The military camp will be making the decisions from now on, and and, and what authority the uh, the the the, uh, mili- the military on the ground will have. And the most important important part of President Trump's strategy regarding Afghanistan was its identification in specific terms to say Pakistan. You are interfering in Afghanistan. You're supporting the Taliban, the Akhani group, and you've got to stop. If you do not stop, you'll face the consequences. We, we've seen those kind of words from previous administrations, particularly from the Obama administrations, but they were not in such explicit terms. And when, when Trump said it, and I think because of his... Um, because of because he's famous for calling a spade a spade, and he's, he's also um, kind of um, sometimes he he delivers. I think this is what many Afghans, which is my book, which the, the book I've written on Afghanistan, is from a, an Afghan perspective. I see the American war from an Afghan perspective, and I think many Afghans were helpful. They thought, okay. This is great because this new president sees, um, you know, he's, he's very transparent, he's honest, he tells us what the problem is. And I think this has been the major, um, major problem, as uh, Zalmay Khalilzad, Khalilzad called it, the mother of the problem in Afghanistan war, the Pakistan interference, because the U.S. has been fighting a war that has been reinforced. By, mm-hmm. by from the other side by the by the uh, safe heavens in, in in Pakistan and Pakistan military establishment. It's just so it's, it's sort of interesting to me that you would describe Trump as sort of honest and, and transparent, which um, I 
you know, they're not sort of two words that are typically associated with him, um, at least in a domestic American political context. But it seems, as you said, from an Afghan perspective, his ability to call out Pakistan um, is, is, is significant, though it's probably worth pointing out that, I mean, have there been any actions to match the rhetoric. I mean, you, this is also another thing that you see with Trump in which he sort of, you know, says something on, on Twitter, but then for one reason or another, there's no follow up or what he says is turns out to be a lie and, and, or just, you know, a, a sort of an, an impulsive a sort of momentary reflection, not an actual sort of policy shift. So have you seen any meaningful shift, for example, on, on Pakistan, on us Pakistan relations and their efforts to rein in, um, the Taliban and other insurgent groups? You've raised again on a very important point. Yes, when I talk about, uh, when I talked about those words, honesty and, and in a consistency, I'm talking this from the perspective of the Afghanistan war and that particular policies, the South Asia policy, which also covered Afghanistan. In chapter 12, I, I talk about President Trump and his background and how he are uh, contradictory and inconsistent and sometimes even he went against his own words uh, he has proved to be. Anyway, coming back to that important point, yes, when he said that, we were helpful. So far, we've seen one action, and that action is to put Pakistan on a on a list that is in I think it's happening in in June last year that uh, Pakistan, makes it difficult for Pakistan to 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 get loans from the international. Um, uh, uh, organizations. That's the only pol uh, the only one difference. The second difference is that he's uh, appointed Zalmay Khalilzad as his uh, special envoy, and I must say he's been working very hard and uh, trying to to bring um, a, a negotiated uh, peace settlement between the Afghan national uh, between the uh, national unity government in Afghanistan and the Taliban. And the, he has made some successes. I, I must say, but I am I am I'm not very um, uh, hopeful, but so far, mm -hmm. the fact that the Taliban dropped its conditions, the uh, national unity government dropped its conditions, and they started meet. They're not meeting each other, but at the moment, Taliban, the Taliban are meeting with the uh, with the American uh, diplomats, including Mr. Khalilzad. Mm -hmm. And I should say, um, Zameh Khalilzad, uh, he's actually been on the show a couple times. I've interviewed him a yeah. couple times for mm -hmm. for the show. Once, sort of live in front of an audience, which was interesting. The day of. Mm -hmm. President Trump's inauguration, in fact, which yeah. was when I yeah. interviewed him. But, uh, you know, he, he's a widely well-regarded, highly competent, former ambassador to the UN, former ambassador to Afghanistan, former ambassador to uh, Iraq under the, the uh, Bush administration, competent diplomat. Now he is Absolutely. sort of the, the um, sort of administration's envoy to Afghanistan to try yeah. to shore up some sort of diplomatic uh, arrangement and diplomatic deal that would sort of ensure a perhaps more lasting peace or perhaps even broker a peace with with the Taliban. Um, so in general, how would you assess his uh, approach so far? I think Zalmay Khalilzad has got a great deal of knowledge about what is happening in the region. He's been involved in the region for the past 40 years or so. so I, he, we should he, say he, he is, he was born in Afghanistan before absolutely, coming to absolutely. the United States. He, for people yeah, who are not, and not aware and he, speak yeah. the, he speak the language fluently. Yeah. He knows the, uh, the Afghan leaders. He knows the Pakistani leaders. He knows Iraqi leaders. So he is quite well known in that, in, in, in that part of the world. And he's got respect as well. And he knows exactly what the problems are. I mean, he wrote a, a piece 
uh, last year before President Trump came into power and he explained all the problems in Afghanistan, what, what, what are the threats that are, that are facing Afghanistan. So yes, he's been going and meeting with the right people, with India, with Pakistan in particular, with the Pakistani um, uh, leaders, I mean, with Indian leaders, with Chinese leaders, with Afghan leaders. And I think there might be some, some I'm not sure, but I think there might be some talk behind the, uh, behind the, the curtain with, with, you know, somehow getting the Iranians also involved. Mm-hmm. Not, but, you know, uh, and so, so he's, he's, he, he's involved heavily and also he's persuaded Pakistan to send the Taliban um, and negotiators to to Qatar and to Dubai and to speak to the Americans. So and uh, he's been doing so far quite uh, good. But what I was disappointed to hear that half you know there are these negotiations going on in Afghanistan and everybody's hopeful. And then we hear a tweet to say that we're going to pull out half of American troops. Well, American presence in Afghanistan is a problem because Afghans are sensitive to the American presence. Americans themselves do not want their troops to be present in Afghanistan. So both both, both two nations want the troops to, 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 to withdraw. But we want both Afghans and Americans a responsible withdrawal. So we leave a stable Afghanistan so that the Americans do not have to come back again to Afghanistan and, and fight the same war from square one. And all that achievements we've done, in, we've got in Afghanistan so far in the past 16 years. And I must stress, there, has, there have been a lot of achievements in telecommunication and free media, in, in, in um, infrastructure and all that. You know, there, there's been a lot of achievement. So we don't want that to be wasted. We want a, a responsible withdrawal. If that announcement by President Trump that we're going to withdraw 7,000 U.S. troops from Afghanistan, if that be, if that has been part of the the peace negotiation, then I welcome that. But I doubt it. I think mm. he it was just probably just like an decision. impulsive. Exactly, it was just like sort of, a, of an impulsive tweet. So, so can you just describe what is the role of the U.S. military right now in Afghanistan? What what are the troops doing? The troops in Afghanistan has got two missions. Mission number one to try. Uh, to 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 fight the terrorist groups, including Al Qaeda and Daesh and other terrorist groups, that there are some twenty of them, so that they do not turn Afghanistan into a terrorist space again, and and engineer another 9/11 against the U.S. or the Allies. That's number one. Number two, to train, assist, and advise the Afghan national security forces, so that they stand on their feet, and then in the future the U.S. military doesn't have to stay in Afghanistan and, and withdraw. That's the two, um, the two policies that they are basically uh, have since, since 2000, uh, 2014, I must say, or previous to that, they've been following in Afghanistan. And, um, and the, the plan is that up to the, tra- the end of transformational, transformation decade, which is from 2016 to 2025, up to, uh, up to the end of 2005, Afghanistan will stand on its own feet and militarily and also militarily and security wise and economic uh, in terms of economy that it will be defending itself and it'll be able to funding itself what sort of effect would like a precipitous withdrawal of us troops have like what what if uh, in fact unlike say the syria pullout announcement um this is sort of followed up 
vigorously in the by the Oval Office and is not slow rolled uh, by the bureaucracy. What what effect would um, you know pulling out seven thousand troops quickly have in uh, on the security situation and, and in general on the kind of training mission that you described? It's it's a very good question. Well, in Syria, if the American troops, I'm just going to make a comparison. Hopefully, that will make things yeah. much more clearer. If Syria in Syria, if American troops withdraw, then probably we'll have the Syrian military coming in its place, or probably the Turk or, or, or fight the you know the uh, Kurdish troops that America currently support, or the Kurdish troops might stay there. So none of these groups are enemy to America. In other words, they have no uh, plan to attack America like Al-Qaeda or, or, or ISIL. But in Afghanistan, if the American troops withdraw, and if America stop it is assistance to Afghanistan, then we're going to have a repeat of 1992. That's when the Soviet Union uh, withdrew from Afghanistan, stopped its support to the Afghan, to the Najib government at the time, President Najibullah, and then we got all the Mujahideen poured into Kabul. They start fighting among each, each other. Mm -hmm. So if this And then the Taliban took over. You know, and four years four later, years after later, the yeah. Civil War, the Taliban took over. So even if, if American troops, it depends on the nature of, of the withdrawal. You know, if they withdraw their troops slowly and they, they stay committed to Afghanistan, support the Afghan National Security Forces, work hard to, to, to establish an effective Afghan national security forces and p provide the, the political and, uh, and, and other sort of support to the Afghan government, I, the Afghan government might survive. I mean, I don't know. It well, might I mean, survive. isn't that like it what the U.S. has been trying to do for the last, you know, 15 years, trying to, you know, support the Afghan government, trying to train the Af Afghan security forces, but just hasn't been successful. So what is to say that sort of doing more of the same might, might result in a different outcome? This is the, this is the, it's a, a very, very crucial question. And I, I say it in my book very clearly. If with the current strategy, if America stays in Afghanistan, no matter it stays one year, one decade or one century, thing, things will stay the same because we have, we have on the other side of the border terrorist sanctuaries. Some, according to Woodward, some uh, Bob Woodward, a journalist, some mm -hmm. 150 camps, and they keep training um, um, uh, insurgents and sending them to Afghanistan. The Afghans fighting, uh, Afghans and the coalition fighting them, and the fight keeps going on. Both sides are supporting the, the two different sides in Afghanistan, and nobody's winning. So what is the solution? The solution is that instead of, in, instead of focusing on Afghanistan, that was one of the major, one of the major um, conflict between President Karzai and, and the Obama administration. President Karzai kept telling the Obama administration, do not fight in Afghan villages. You are killing innocent people. The camps are on the other side of the border. Go and deal with them. If you, uh, we don't want you to, to, to fight Pakistan. Of course, Pakistan has got some, the sixth largest military in the world. It's, got, it's, a, it's a nuclear country. But put 
use your soft powers. And that, that is what Zilmay Khalilzad has been calling for, for, for a few years now. Use your soft powers, put pressure on Pakistan so that it creates conditions so that supporting the, the insurgency in Afghanistan becomes so expensive for the Pakistan military establishment and it stops. When I talk about Pakistan, by the way, I'm not talking about the ordinary people. They are great people. They're also suffering from terrorism, from all sorts of, mm -hmm. you know, they're themselves victims of terrorism. I am talking particularly about the military establishment, ISI in particular. They are supporting, they are indirectly, has been in war with the military, with the American um, forces. And until and unless this issue has been dealt with, we will have we will have no success in Afghanistan. Even 10 years down the line, we'll have this interview with you and I'll be saying the same thing. And Afghans will be the same thing. So, so basically, I mean, you know, you've written this entire book uh, examining U.S. strategy towards Afghanistan no. since the Bush administration. And... Um, you know, it, it just like sort of seems that what you're advocating for, what you found that like an ideal strategy is not necessarily like an Afghanistan strategy, but a regional strategy that um, more consistently pressures Pakistan to withdraw its support for Taliban and other um, destabilizing elements in the country. And yeah, of course, of course, my, my book basically covers six important decisions, starting from the intervention decision when President Bush decided to intervene in Afghanistan up to the decision when uh, President Trump uh, did another search in August 2017 to send some more troops, U.S. troops. So it covers six decisions. It, 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 it focuses on how those decisions were made. It, and then it, it, it covers how when those policies were implemented in Afghanistan, did they fail? Or did they succeed? If they failed, why they failed? What went wrong? So it's basically focusing on false policy assumptions. And I'm trying to explain that those policy assumptions that you had in Washington, they were, they were far away from Afghanistan, from the reality on the ground. You've got to understand the reality on the ground and then deal with it. Well, President Obama sent 100,000 troops to Afghanistan. When he did the search, 30,000 troops. American troops, were, there were 100,000 American troops. There were some 50,000 NATO troops. There were some 200 or more 250 because the Afghan National Security Force work was in progress that they were building them. So nearly, you, you could say, 400 to 500,000 troops. If with four or 500,000 troops, they couldn't bring stability or security in Afghanistan, how could they do it with more or with less? So the most important thing is you are absolutely right, Mark. We need to have a regional strategy, which we do have. Yeah, to be fair to the Trump administration, we do have there is much more work now going on compared to pre, to, the, to the previous administrations, and that's why I see the difference now. Whether if we do not see tangible results, say in a month, two, three, or four months' time, and say that those who are involved in Afghanistan, though are double double or playing the U.S., what if if they don't see if they don't participate? Honestly, and they're just trying to play and, and, and waste the time until, you know, there's an election and America and some another president comes into power. What will the Trump administration do? That's the most important question. If Zalmay Khalilzad believes that, OK, I'm here, I've been here for five or six months, I don't see any results, I know they are playing me, what am I supposed to do? And that is important. That factor is important. When in 2002, or in 2001, sorry, uh, President Bush said to Colin Powell to call Pakistan and tell them you are you are either with us or against us. 
President Musharraf spoke to his seven military commanders and he said, what are we supposed to do? And Bush really means it. If we say we're not with you, then the chances are that he could declare as a state sponsor of terrorism and his four doctrines and, and, and his global war on terror could be applicable to Pakistan. Because they saw that threat, then they said, okay, we have to stop supporting the Taliban. We have to um, comply with the, the seven U.S. demands that, uh, that they've made. And uh, hence, we saw the Taliban collapsed easily. Even then, if, he, if the Taliban is con- continuously received the support from Pakistan and other countries, I think Americans would have been fighting even in 2002. But because that support stopped, the leaders were told to withdraw. Then we saw Afghanistan collapse. The Taliban collapse, sorry. Mm-hmm. So, so really, that's what's yeah. important. So, so what will you know? So, just just to, to to wrap up, like, you know, Khalilzad is 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 out sort of doing his diplomacy. Trump is yep. kind of doing his his sort of tweeting. Sometimes, you know, um, playing with the idea of a precipitous withdrawal of of U.S. troops. What will you be looking for in the next coming weeks and months that signals to you how Trump's policy towards uh, Afghanistan will will evolve. Mark, you know it's very difficult to predict Trump. I mean, I I, I speak in in chapter twelve in in great yeah. length. Yes, when it comes to his uh, his uh, um, populist ideas, he, he he tried to you know to meet the demands of his base. He's is is very loyal to his base. Okay. As for Afghanistan, we don't know what's going to happen. There is numerous, um, um, you know, Robert Miller's there investigating. There are the issue of his unwise war with the with the, with the media and the, the, the you know the left wing and uh, Democrats are in power. It all depends what's going to happen in America and on domestic realities in America. It, it, it's very difficult to 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 predict. But what I fear, what I fear is this, that um, if Trump runs out of ideas and wants to feed his base, and then he suddenly decides that uh, I'm going to withdraw um, American troops from Afghanistan. As uh, a few weeks ago, he was saying that the Russians are there, the Pakistanis are there, the Turks are there, Iran's are there, uh, India are, uh, Indians are there, ISIL is an enemy. This is what he was he was saying ISIL is not an enemy to, to the American people or to America or to NATO. It's also an, an enemy to them. So they should also fight. They should also participate. So uh, it, is, it is very, very, it, I, I, would, I, I have no idea. Things are changing rapidly, but it's a very, very important stage for Afghanistan itself because uh, a decision by, uh, by Donald Trump to um, withdraw the troops uh, irresponsibly a hasty decision, which he criticized Obama, by the way, for withdrawing troops from Iraq. And then it created a condition which ISIL was created and nurtured. That's said it repeatedly in, in his, um, uh, in his, uh, in the, in the, on the campaign trail. He said it repeatedly, Obama, Obama, he made Obama, President Obama responsible for ISIL. Mm. So what if he makes the same decision and then, the Afghan government, again, as I said, depends on the sort of withdrawal or the nature of the withdrawal. What if the Afghan government stays stays in power as good? If he doesn't stay and it and it gets collapsed and and the Taliban comes into power and the other groups come into power, 
then I, I, nobody knows w- w- what will happen, what the future holds for Afghanistan. And, uh, and also, it's very difficult to predict uh, President Trump as well. I hope, I really hope that um, some, we see some results. Uh, there is a negotiated peace. Uh, I don't know whether you're aware of um, RAND cooperation, basically um, uh, has created a future plan for Afghanistan, Afghanistan somehow that, uh, that there's going to be a, a temporary government, an interim government, and then, uh, you know, there's going to be elections, so the Taliban will be part of, part of, the, uh, part of the government. So I'm really hoping this, this becomes uh, a, a reality, and then everybody would be happy. Afghans don't want foreigners to be in their country. Foreigners really don't want to be in Afghanistan. They want to secure Afghanistan but they want to be out of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's hope that that happens. Right. Well, well, uh, Sherful, thank you so much for your time. No problem. Pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Sherful Dorani. That was uh, very helpful and a good perspective on the uh, situation in Afghanistan and U.S. policy towards Afghanistan. As always, big thank you to the Global Development Institute at the University of Manchester for being an ongoing content partner of the show. If you are with an organization and you want to see the kind of content from your organization appear on this podcast, let me know if there's expertise you want to highlight. Send a note my way and we'd love to tell you about our content partnership opportunities. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye.